Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Experience, a brand new four-week series that we're launching into today. If you've gone to the Grand Canyon before, there's a high probability that before you ever went there, you either read about it or you looked at some pictures. But you know that when you actually arrived, the experience of it made it a completely new and real thing to you. Now, for me, something similar happened when I went to Israel. I had been reading about Israel and studying Israel for more than a decade. In fact, I had a graduate class that they just took us through the topography and the pictures and all the lifestyle of Israel. But when I went there and experienced it, well, I tell people now that if you'll come to Israel with us, it will bring the Bible from a two-dimensional to a three-dimensional book and experience for you. You see, in this series, we will come back over and over again to this truth that God wants more for us than just knowledge, than just knowledge of him. God wants for us to be able to experience, to experience him and to experience life in new and in fresh ways. Jesus said this. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now that is just such a powerful word from Jesus. But when he used the word know, he used the word gnosko, which means it's not simply a knowledge of, but it's an experience. In other words, Jesus was saying, and when you experience the truth, then the truth will set you free. Now, our series, Experience, is going to come from the short book of Philippians. And from it, we want to be able to experience joy, Jesus, purpose, and peace in very new and in very fresh ways. Let me start us off at the very beginning of the book. We read, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all of God's people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. You see, Philippians is the place of Philippi. You get the connection, right? Okay. Together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, if you have a Bible there, you can circle that. We want to be able to take what God is giving to us here very much to heart. He's saying this in verse number six, that I began a good work in you when you first received Jesus, and I am going to continue working in you really until the time that we see him face to face. That verse is one that we'll come back to each and every week. In fact, I want to encourage you to be able to put it in a place that you're going to be able to see it and remember it most, which probably would be your phone. 
We've made available a wallpaper for you. Actually, the easiest way to get this wallpaper for your phone would be to simply text Fox River to this number. Each day or time that you're looking at your phone then, you'll be reminded that God wants you to be experiencing his working in your life. In fact, in chapter 2, he goes on to say this, for God is at work within you. I don't want to rush over that. God is at work within us. Experiencing God, relationship with him, that's what his desire for is for us. Not simply knowledge, not just religion. And in fact, when it says that God is work in us, it says that he's working to help us. Helping us to want to obey him, helping us to do those things that he wants for us in our lives as well. And this is what we can expect over the next four weeks. God helping us to experience joy, to experience Jesus, to experience purpose, to experience peace in new and fresh ways. Now we're going to begin with joy, since that is actually the theme of the book of Philippians. Joy is mentioned in the four short chapters of this book, or letter, as it's sometimes referred to, 16 times. Philippians 4, verse number 4, says this, Be full of joy always. Because I'm going to say, because you belong to the Lord. In other words, because you're a child of God, we can be full of joy. And again, the verse ends, again I say, be full of joy. So I want to pause right at the beginning for our first experience perspective. And that would be this. Why is joy so important to us? And the truth of the matter is this, that we were created for joy. Every human soul longs for joy. Without joy, and you know this, life is empty. I was deeply saddened when I just realized this past, over the past two weeks, the latest uh, Census Bureau the U.S. has put out for us with this statistic that right now, 33% of all Americans, yeah, 33% of all Americans are now experiencing different aspects of clinical depression in their life. The highest age group that is going through depression or the experiencing of it right now would be those that would be 20 years old through 35 years old. And the second greatest group experiencing depression at this point are those that are 13 through 19. Those that you would think that would have the most, the happiness and joy factor in their life is this high, high level of depression. Or you could say it's the lack of joy thereof. And so if I were to ask you, how is your joy level today? High or not so high. You have a, a, a low joy level. See, in so many ways, we are like a car battery. You may have experienced before being in a car, keys put in the ignition, ignition is turned over, and you hear, uh, 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 and then nothing else, which means 
We have a drained battery. We have a dead battery that we are going nowhere with a drained battery. That, you can see it already, can't you? I mean, and that's how we are when our joy battery is drained in our lives. It seems like we are just going nowhere. If we were to hook a light up right now to the battery or to turn on our car lights and just let it run, we know this, that just having that light on would drain or draw down the battery. In life, it is truly life circumstances that are drawing down on our battery, just like everyday living and everyday life. And at the same time, we know this, that you can be in your car and have it running for hours with the lights on, with either the heat or the air conditioning going, with the radio going, and the battery isn't drained at all because there is a generator in the car that is continuing to recharge the battery. In Philippians, God gives to us some of the generators of joy that will continue to recharge our battery and so that we can be experiencing joy, as we said, in new and fresh and in ongoing ways. So let's just take a couple minutes and talk about three of those today. The first of the joy generators would be Jesus. Now I know some are already thinking like, that is a very churchy answer, guy. Remember I said that joy was mentioned, remember how many times? 16 times in the four short chapters in the book of Philippians. Jesus is actually mentioned 40 times in the book of Philippians. I want you to look at these two pictures. These are two depictions of Jesus. You have picture A, and you have picture B. Which of these two do you think of when you think of Jesus? Which of these two best depicts how Jesus went through life? If you choose picture A, then it shows that there's still more that you have to discover about Jesus. And as the Gospels open him up to us. If you chose picture B, this joy expressing Jesus, then you know what Jesus continued to bring forth into life in those that were around him. You see, Jesus was joyful. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was joyful. Understanding this about Jesus helps us to understand why so many people were drawn to him the way that they were. Because joyful people, happy people, have an attraction, attractionalness to them. Same thing's true in our life. We want to be around people that are joyful and happy, don't we? Grumpy Jesus, no, that wouldn't have drawn many people there. But this Jesus that had joy, it's one more reason that people went to him. Now, here's what Jesus is going to tell us today. Jesus is going to say, and I want my joy for you. Jesus says that I have told you this so that, do you see it? My joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus said the joy that he had, that he carried throughout his life. And when he said this, his disciples, I'm sure their eyes just went what? 
went wide. We know the joy that you have, Jesus, and you're saying that that is the joy that you want for us as well, our joy to the full, and that word complete there, it, it means filled to the brim. I don't know if you remember if you were a kid, if you ever did this, but if you were filling your drink and you kept pouring and pouring and pouring in it, and it got fuller and fuller until it just about overflowed, and then you took it a little bit more, and it seemed like it was just hanging over the edge, you remember that? That's that same idea behind the word complete. And so Jesus said, I want your joy in your life. I want your battery charged. I want you to experience it the full. Now, how does that take place? Jesus' joy comes to us, or it begins when we trust him as our Savior. Aaron has such a powerful story, and I'm going to let him share it with us right now. Hey, I'm Aaron, and this is my story. As a teenager, I was really lost. I really wanted to be accepted by my friends. And so I was surrounded by a lot of people who were involved in a whole bunch of different things. In high school, I started getting into a lot of drugs, and I eventually started selling drugs. I found friends in the group, groups of people that there wasn't any judgment. So with people who are doing drugs, no one's judging each other for doing drugs. And after one thing led to another, I got caught selling drugs and I found myself a felon. When I got sentenced, I got uh, one year in jail, which turned out to be nine months because of good time in the state of Wisconsin. And when I went, I was just afraid. I knew that life needed to change and I didn't know how that was gonna happen. When I first went to jail, I was sad, depressed. Like, I didn't know what to do. I remember the first week, I just slept. I didn't wanna leave my cell, I didn't wanna leave. I didn't wanna talk with anybody. I remember one night specifically, there was a man who had brought a Bible study to Waukesha County Jail, and there was about seven of us in the room. We were doing a study through the book of John, at the end of the study, he asked if there was anyone in the room that hadn't accepted Jesus as their Savior, if we could raise our hand so that he could pray for us. And in that moment, I thought that I understood already that Jesus had died on a cross. And so I, I thought that I was already saved, but at, now in hindsight, I can see that the Holy Spirit was convicting me to, you know, prompting me to raise my hand. And so I did. That night, the guy prayed for me and I went back to my cell and I remember it seemed like everything changed. I Now I knew not only did God exist, but he loved me and he wanted a relationship with me and that I have a new identity in Jesus that I didn't have before. And then after that night, I started talking with other people and became obsessed with the Bible. I started reading scripture all day, every day. I would wake up, I would read the Bible for two hours, I would have a Bible study during the day, then I would have another Bible study in the afternoon, and then I would read the Bible before I went to sleep. There was actually a, a guy who was in the same pod as me, and he taught me to read some Proverbs and some Psalms in the morning, and he taught me how to pray as I accepted my identity as somebody that is loved by God and someone that Jesus died for, I found a lot of comfort in knowing that God had compassion for me. When I left jail, I was afraid. 
that I would leave God. You know, like the Bible says that uh, like anyone that is in God's hand can't be snatched out or something like that. And I knew that, but I was afraid. And I remember praying that night when I left that God would not allow me to leave him ever. It's, it's been a, a lot of ups and downs, honestly. Like I have made a lot of poor choices still. And through those experiences, God has remained with me. He's continued to be here. Even when I feel like I don't deserve anything from him, he's still my hope. And he won't leave me. And he'll lead me to scripture that reminds me that he loves me. Thanks, Aaron. And I wish you had time to be able to share your story in the absolute fullness of it. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Philippians, would also have the same experience of before joy and after Jesus, or joy, in his life as well. Before Paul received Jesus, he could have quoted to you Bible verses about joy. He had the knowledge of joy that way. But he would have told you that he was an angry person and he was a persecuting, he was a mean person. After he received Jesus, his life became full of joy. When we trust Jesus as our Savior, and the gospel says this, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scripture, he did that for us so that we could find forgiveness and a restored relationship with God if we would put our faith and trust in the forgiveness that he made available to us. Here's a real quick aside. Jesus wants to give us life eternal life or heaven one word that best describes heaven would be this joy the one word that would best describe hell would be joylessness jesus said with me comes joy now and it comes a continual experiencing of joy for all eternity which is what he wants for you And I certainly hope that if you haven't opened your life up to him, that today would be the day that you would do so. Now remember we said, joy comes in trusting Jesus. Not simply trusting him as Savior, because if you've done so already, Jesus said, I want you to trust me enough to obey me or to do the things that I say to you. The sentence that comes before the one that Jesus talked about, my joy I give you, is this, John 15, verse 10. He said, if you keep my commands, he said, you'll remain in my love just as I kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Just as I trusted my father to do what he's asked me to do, if you will trust me and do the things that I've said to you. Now think about this. There's some things that Jesus said, I want you to do this. They're his commands, they're his words to us. And when we take them to heart and do them, Then he goes on to say, and I have told you this so that my joy will be in you, so that we can be experiencing his joy. Simply put, you can't have Jesus' joy without Jesus in your life, nor will we have Jesus' joy if we are ignoring him and the things he asks us in our lives. Now, The second generator that will keep our joy battery full is that of thankfulness. I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me 
that one of the most joyless places on the planet now and throughout history would be prison. And when Paul wrote these words about be joyful always, he did so having now been four years incarcerated. Paul was chained literally to soldiers 24 hours a day. And we're talking like three foot lengths of chain. And he was never apart from them. How do you find joy in life when you are chained to someone you don't have your freedom? Paul was writing to the Philippians knowing that the circumstances they were facing were difficult and they were hard. And he wasn't saying, uh, just ignore everything that's going on in your life and just be joyful, that Pollyanna type of joy. He said, knowing what's going on in your life right now, be full of joy. Some of the things that we're facing, and it may be COVID-related in your life. There may be other just hard or difficult things that are going on and taking place. It's just draining us. You, you'd say, I've got good reason for having a dead joy battery right now. Thankfulness is something that's going to regenerate that in our life, or it's going to continue to fill it up again. So here's, our, here's a to-do for us. One of the things that we can do starting today is just to write out a list of some of the things that we're thankful for. And then tomorrow, add something new to the list. And the next day, add something new to the list. And the next day, add something new to the list. That certainly is going to cause a charge within our joy battery. But Paul, as I mentioned, his circumstances weren't joy generating. The Philippians were facing things that weren't joy generating in their life. And what Paul is bringing out here is that joy is actually, and we use the word supra-circumstantial. Supra, S-U-P-R-A, not super, but supra means over and above. Sometimes joy and happiness get contrasted this way. We have happiness in our life when things are going our way, when we're winning, uh, you know, positive things are coming back to us. Yet when things aren't going our way, when there's a breakup in our life, when we're losing, when the person we're cheering for is losing, our team is losing, we say, well, we're just not happy because of those circumstances. Joy, on the other hand, says that in everything you can give thanks. Not give thanks for everything, but in everything give thanks. For example, when I was um, helping out my dad, and there were times that uh, myself, my brother, we needed to go over and um, pick him up off the floor in the drunken state that we found him. Clean up the mess that had been made as a result of that. And while we were doing it, we were being cussed out as a result of it. Now you go like, there's nothing to be joyful in this at all. And if we would have just focused on the circumstance, then we'd, that the battery would have just gone down. But if I'm not thankful for it, but I found myself choosing to be thankful in it. And as a result of that, even doing something in circumstances that were so just, they were just terrible to go through, there was a joy that was coming up in me. We know this, and we teach our kids, and we need to continue to teach them this. Grateful is joyful. Ungrateful is 
unjoyful. So without a thankfulness in our life, our joy batteries will be dead. We need to continue to charge them by practicing thankfulness. One more today. The last one I want to talk about today and is spoken of here would be that of faith-building friendships. Remember these words that Paul said, verse number three? He said to the Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. In other words, you guys just bring me joy. And there's numerous reasons for that. But the relationship that they had was something that continued to charge the joy battery that Paul had, with, had within him. That's what I want for you. And I want it especially over these next four weeks together. Here's what I mean by that. We're going to have a conversation each week from the topic that we have been talking about. So this week we're going to be having a conversation about joy. Two things that we'll do. Each day we're going to be sending out a 90-second video that will just take us right back to the book of Philippians and help us with perspective for the day. That's a freebie. You can get it um, sent to you by going to, to either our website or you can go to the, um, to the app and get a notification of it. Or if you've got any questions, just um, enter in the chat right now and the chat host uh, will be more than happy to help you, help you with that. The other thing, and here's where I really want us to go, is I want you to participate with us in one of these conversations. Again, the way you sign up for that, website, app, chat host, helping you that way, would be... Um, by participating in a group. You can do this online, if that's the best means for you. You can do it um, in real life. But I guarantee you that if you will participate in the conversation, if you will enter into one of these places of um, faith-building friendships that can occur, that the experience that you are going to get from that is one of a recharging one and of a new and fresh joy. You may be the person that is the one that is recharging someone else's battery. Please, let's not forget this. We don't want to stop today with knowing. That is, we know about joy. We know about you know, what will recharge your joy. We know that Jesus is a joy generator. We know that thankfulness is a joy generator. We know that faith-building friendships and those conversations we have are faith-building and then do nothing else with it. We need to take action because joy isn't passive. Joy is something that intentionally occurs in our lives. Our bottom line is this. Every human soul longs for joy. I do. You do. Everyone longs for it. Jesus offers joy. His joy. And he does so now. Jesus wants you to experience his joy. If you're a parent, or you can think of it, from your parents' perspective, the one thing that we want for all of our kids, we want for our kids to be happy. We want for them to have joy in their life. Our Heavenly Father, His great desire for us is that we might be experiencing this joy as well. He has said 
He has promised that he is at work in our lives, helping us to get there. He's doing his part. And now it's time for us to do ours as well. Today it may be by opening up your heart and life and trusting Jesus. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment if you'd like to do so. Our action step is that we will participate in these four conversations over the next month. And we will sign up even at the end of this today, as soon as we're done, that we're going to sign up and we're going to put ourselves in the place to have that joy generator taking place within us. Jesus, we want to thank you. Thank you that you've done what's necessary for us to have forgiveness, for us to have life, for us to experience your joy in us. For those that are here and listening, they know that that's the need they have, to trust you as Savior now. And they pray this simple prayer, Jesus, I need what you did on the cross. I believe that you rose again. And as best I understand what guys said, I am going to ask you to be my Savior right now. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, for again giving new life and new joy. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let me just add, my friend, if you just received Jesus, then would you just share that with the chat host? I know you can um, do uh, an e-raising of your hand right now, but just let them know that. We would love just to be able, again, to uh, rejoice with you. And that will add to our joy as well. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.